0: This is Reaching the Finish Line, and I'm your host, Callan Diggs. Check out the website, www.ReachingTheFinishLine.com, and pick up my free report. Save up to 75% what they don't want you to know. ReachingTheFinishLine.com. And welcome Today, I am delighted to have Chuck Blakeman. Chuck is a best-selling business author who is also a serial entrepreneur who's built multiple businesses across several continents. Chuck is also a a TED Talk speaker and a columnist at Inc. Magazine. Chuck, welcome. Thanks, Kellen. It's great to be with you. Great, great. So, um... Give us a short background on how you got started in business.
1: Yeah, you bet. I I don't like those biographies. I call them obituaries. It's uh, it's everything somebody did in the past and it's always embellished and never tells you all the bad stuff. But I'm a a serial uh, entrepreneur. Uh, My background, my, my life vision is to live well by doing good. And behind that motivation is a question I heard a guy say about 30 years ago, why do what others can and will do when there's so much to be done? that others can't or won't do and so I've spent the last 30 years of my life doing things that others either can't do or won't do and that's kind of the sign of, a, of an entrepreneur is they look to fill holes and that's what I've done all my life and some of the holes i filled have actually just been personal people told me I couldn't do something like you can't you can't start a and and uh, build a, a website development company so we did that and we designed and Built websites for companies like Microsoft and Sun Microsystems, and then somebody said you can't uh, be, uh, you can't do a branding agency. So we built one of those, and we were, we uh, were the branding agency or marketing agency of the year in 2006 for Sun Microsystems. And, but most of what I've done has been to, to fill holes with, uh, that other people say nobody can do that. So we've got uh, some businesses today. Three to Five Club was built around the idea that you can't help small business owners. Everybody says you you can't make money helping small business owners. And I've seen a pattern of people throughout the last 20 plus years who come out of corporate America, lose their jobs or whatever, and declare that they're small business uh, consultants or advisors until some big company hires them and then they disappear. Yeah. And so, Very interesting.
0: So, we, yeah. so let's let's backtrack a little bit. Let's talk yeah. about that first business because I feel like the first business is usually the most overwhelming for entrepreneurs. Uh, a lot of times, someone they want to get into specialty businesses, which may require more permits, licensings, and regulations. Um, there's other businesses that's much more simpler, but sometimes. Uh, uh the geographics can also be a challenge. Sometimes the demographics, whether, it is, uh, whether it's income or those type of metrics. So what was your first business and uh, what were some challenges and how did you overcome those adversities?
1: Yeah, well, my first business was actually a, a landscape architecture, landscape design business. And I knew nothing about landscape design or architecture. Uh, I had uh, built a house and uh, uh Uh, somebody came and knocked on my door and said, who did your landscaping? And I said, I did. And the guy said, well, I'm putting in 80 acres of houses, 160 houses on half acre lots, a couple of miles from here. Would you like to do the landscaping for them? And I said, sure. And he said, all right, well, come to my office uh, next week and show me a a plan on how you would landscape a half acre house on flat ground. (laughs) Figure out uh, how to actually build a landscaping plan you know put all the little have all the little design elements for trees and shrubbery and hardscaping and softscaping i had to learn all that terminology i had about 4 or 5 days to figure all that out
0: <laughs>
1: and and i share that story because that's more typically what happens with most business businesses than than not is that you you get something that works and then you have to work <laughs> like crazy to get it any farther the the guy who started the company honest t he uh, took a thermos of tea to Costco i think it was and they liked it and said we'll take 90,000 cases well he made that in his mother's kitchen he'd never uh, never been in a commercial kitchen didn't have a label didn't I don't, I don't know if he even had a name for it at the time didn't didn't know how to produce it didn't know how to bottle it didn't know how to ship it none of that stuff and he had 90 days to produce Tens of thousands of cases of this stuff. Then you figured it out.
0: So let's stop right there, Chuck. So basically, uh, with your first business model, you came from a sense of confidence. So you wasn't really a hundred percent sure, you know, you know how it was going to be done. But you was destined that uh, you was you was going to be able to fulfill on a customer's need. And then you took the step forward as far as spending the next few days about learning about, uh, I guess, the the shrubbery and the landscape stuff.
1: Yeah, I think. I think in principle, the thing to take away from that story is that uh, if you're starting something, starting anything, you actually don't have to be confident that you know what you're doing. You have to be 100% confident that you can figure it out. And, and so you, more often than not, people don't know what they're doing, and it scares them to death. Stop wasting energy on, on the idea that you don't know what you're doing. And ask yourself, well, could I figure this out? Can I figure this out in the time necessary to actually get going? So I, yeah, I have a, I have a book that I'm writing called Bad Plans Carried Out Violently, How Real Leaders Lead and Succeed in the Real World. And, and that's basically the story of it. I got asked to do landscaping. I had no idea what that meant, but I knew I could figure it out. So you have to have real confidence that you can figure it out and that you can get the resources, you can get the people in place, whatever you need uh you know, henry ford was on trial once famously and they said uh, he was on f- trial i believe for being stupid or that was part of the uh part of the uh the accusation and they the claim was there because he didn't he couldn't he didn't know everything and he said i don't need to know everything i just need to know where to find it i need to know i can push a button on my desk and get the right people and that's really the confidence you have to have and so it, it's a it's actually a, a sort of a, a uh, a bifurcated sort of thing. In one sense, you have to have all the confidence in the world that you can get the answer, but at the same time, you have to have no uh, no uh, confidence at all that you have it perfect. So you're constantly learning. You're you're never finished.
0: Very interesting. So um, if we can if we can uh, kind of segue into um, so you had the first client, and um, it, it appears to be that the client was happy, that satisfied. How was your marketing? Because that's one thing that uh, aspiring entrepreneurs are always wondering about. You know how how can yeah. I have how, how can I have a business that runs on a lean model, but still get uh, a good bang uh, a good bang for their buck with their marketing? Whether they have a small budget or sometimes they may even have no budget. What was your strategy?
1: Well, after thirty five years of building ten different businesses. Uh, My strategy is it hasn't changed that first business my marketing was if I do this Well, if I if the first four or five houses look beautiful And I stick signs in the yard saying where they came from then I'm gonna be fine And the principle there is your best marketing is to deliver a deliver the best product possible uh, and deliver it really well. Deliver it with great customer service because ninety plus percent of your uh, your future clients are going to come from your referrals and from your existing clients and your existing projects. And sure enough, I never uh, I frustrated a lot of advertising agencies, but I never put that or any other business magazine or a newspaper or on the radio or any of that stuff. We just built a really great chair or a really great landscape or whatever it was. And, uh, and and then worked on, on developing strategic alliances with other people. So to me, great marketing rests, number one, on building a great product. And then number two, on great relationships. And I don't mean relationships. I don't mean focus on finding a relationship with a client. When I say relationships, I'm, I'm saying uh, look for the goose, not the egg. Mm. Most marketing is, is to teach you to find another egg, find another customer. So you, you throw thousands of dollars at something and an egg finds you. And we never took that strategy. We always went and looked for the person who could give us all the clients we wanted. So that first business is a tremendous example of that. Why would I go after one landscape at a time? I'm going after a builder who has 160 houses and if I get the builder, I get 160 houses. He's the goose. That lays all the golden eggs. So uh, great marketing starts with build a great product and then moves on to have the right relationships with people who already have all the clients you want. And all you have to do is gain their confidence and show them why it's of benefit to, to share you with their clients. And off you go.
0: Very interesting. So you talk about strategic alliances, and I think that's very important uh, now in this age, uh, with uh, especially uh, the biggest generation uh, in America being millennials. Uh, a lot of them they use terms like uh, affiliate partners, joint venture partners, but uh, strategic alliance sounds very similar to that. Um, but I'm quite sure back in your time, uh, the internet wasn't such. Uh, probably maybe it was just beginning, or it wasn't right. such a big boom as it was now. Uh, what was your strategy to? foreign strategic alliances
1: Uh, first of all figure out what industries had the clients already want so if I'm a uh, if I'm a mortgage broker the industry that has all the clients I want is real estate so I had to figure out I had made a list of all the all the industries that had the clients I wanted then I asked myself who do I know in those industries and then I, I asked those people, who do they know who own companies in those industries? And then I got them to introduce me to the people who own those companies in those industries. And I got appointments with those people and I demonstrated to them why we should uh, why they should have the confidence to send clients to me and how that will benefit them, A, because their clients will be incredibly happy and B, because I'll be in a position to begin to th- send clients back to them as well. And so it was... Uh, it was simply making those lists. It was that simple. Who has my clients and or what industry has my clients? And then what are the people in those industries? And then how do I make, how do I develop relationships with those people? And it doesn't happen overnight. It's one of the reasons people chase eggs instead of geese because uh, I can chase an egg and get it faster than I can chase a goose. But boy, you catch the goose and you can stop chasing eggs.
0: I, I really like that, Chuck, and uh, I think it was. I think it's even more paramount too, because um, during that time, you was actually meeting with people. Now, most millennials, what they'll do is, you know, they see an influencer. I don't know. Let's, let's say, for example, they'll sell millions of books or they'll have millions of dollars in sales of a certain product, and they'll just send me an email to uh, almost like begging, "Hey, promote me," or "Hey, you should do this for me uh, for this," instead of actually. Building their relationship, and as you were uh, you was actually sitting down with them, meeting them face to face, actually getting getting to know them, developing rapport to be able um, to uh, increase your chances of forming uh, those strategic alliances. And I think that's very important. And when we look at um, uh, even uh, some other countries, we'll talk about we'll talk about that a little later as far as your international business experience. But when we look at other continents. You look at places like the Middle East. Look at places like Latin America. They won't do business with you at all. They won't even consider you unless you're actually there, because really it's a person to person thing, and um, that still remains paramount, even in um, you know uh, developed countries like the U.S. You know, it's it's much better. It would be much more effective to actually uh, meet the meet the person uh, in person, as opposed to just you know keep firing them emails and hoping that they respond. I just want to take a moment to tell you about DreamHost. DreamHost.com is the award-winning web hosting service rated by PC Magazine. With their current rates and positive reviews, I couldn't think of a better company to recommend. You can get $10 off a one-year hosting plan or $25 off a two-year hosting plan when you use the promo code Callen, K-A-L-L-E-N. DreamHost.com, PC's Magazine best web hosting service.
1: Oh, yeah. Pe- people got it wrong before the Internet, and they're still getting it wrong with the Internet. Uh, the two key words in marketing are recency and frequency, and you have to have both all the time. I need to have talked to you recently. You have You need to have seen me recently, and you need to see me frequently. And until you get both, I'm not going to buy from you. And people think they can throw themselves out on the Internet and be... Uh, you know, be recent, here I am, love me, without being frequent. So I, 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 I got on Twitter in 2008 and I just got involved in conversations and was interested in what people were doing and, and built relationships and, and uh, a couple of years later I started getting business off of Twitter and uh, every year I can count fifty to $150,000 a year of business that came directly from Twitter and it's because I don't try and do business on Twitter I build uh, build relationships with recency and frequency. I get hit with people on Twitter. I'll I'll, I'll uh, friend somebody on Twitter, and the next minute I've got a, a DM saying, buy from me. I'm your new best friend. Well, that was recent, but it wasn't frequent. And likewise, I, I have people who were frequent with me for a while, and then they fell off, and a year later they come back to me and say, buy from me. I'm your old friend. Well, I haven't heard from you in a year. So it's both and, and people need to understand that whether they have the, whether they have an internet-based business or a brick-and-mortar, the key to all of this is recency and frequency. And oh, by the way, marketing is building relationships. That's what marketing is in the final analysis. And the only way you build relationships is recency and frequency. You can't go walk into a bar, meet a woman, and say, "Will you marry me?" <laughs> uh, that's recent, but it's not. <laughs>
0: I like that chuck and so let's, let's shift over to your um, your international business experience because you said because uh, uh, as, as a serial entrepreneur um, you've done business across several different continents let's talk about that because I think that matters there's a lot of entrepreneurs who want to take their business global but uh but there's but there's a lot of other factors to consider uh, maybe you could maybe, maybe you could talk about one of your businesses uh, on a different continent maybe share some differences of how doing business are different as in America as opposed to another country.
1: Sure. Yeah, I, I think people will also want to know how to get over there, and there's two ways to get over there. One is have obscene amounts of money to throw at stuff to do incredible. Uh, you know, m- money will solve a lot of, a lot of marketing issues. But nobody has obscene amounts of money, and even if you do, there's better ways. The other way is to get to know a few people. Again, find out who knows some people overseas, and that's how I got overseas is I knew some people who knew some people, and they introduced me. And then we built relationships, and they became comfortable with me. And, yes, I went. I didn't just stay here, and I was over there and, and built those relationships. And uh, one of the things you find is that people are the same when it comes to business uh, principles and business motivations people are the same all over the world that they're looking for a business that adds value uh, that isn't just slick. they're looking for uh, business relationships that they can trust and that there's honesty and integrity involved and so the, 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 the character side of business is very much the same. The, the difference is where you get into customs and uh, and just uh, the, the nuances of culture. Uh, and, and you just have to learn that stuff as you go and be humble and make mistakes and, uh, and do things with your hands that, you know, here in the U.S. would be funny and over there it's obscene or just the other way around. Right, and right. You just learn that stuff as you go, but if you if you go as an open-minded person who is serving, they are v- just in about in any country in the world, they're very, very forgiving of you not understanding what, where they're coming from. As long as you go as a learner – You present yourself as someone who doesn't know what's going on. You ask lots of questions. People will share. Uh, In Africa, they hate the Chinese because the Chinese come in like a bulldozer with all the answers, and they use the locals. And the whole thing is just they're the they're the new ugly American. And uh, I go to I go to Africa and say, "How can I help? And what do you need? And and uh, what do you think we have to offer that can help you guys? And how do we make that work?" And And you just ask questions instead of make statements. It makes a a world of difference. Are you coming in as the savior or are you coming in as the learner who might have something to partner with them? They already assume that you've got something of value or you wouldn't be over there. You don't need to pound that drum.
0: I, I like how you quantify that, Chuck, and uh, there's uh, there's actually a good book that I always recommend to people uh, by Richard Lewis. It's called When Cultures Collide, and I would definitely recommend because that's a good primer to uh, prepare people uh, to avoid or, or dramatically mitigate uh, any type of culture shocks, but uh, what you said is perfect, Chuck, and that's something really entrepreneurs should really consider if they're expecting to take their business global. So, um at what point did you uh, uh, release um, uh, "Making Money Is Killing Your Business"? Was that kind of kind of after you, you know, you decided that um, you know it was time to write a book because uh, I guess you was getting overwhelmed with um, too many inquiries?
1: Yeah, I, I had uh, been told in my twenties that I'd be a great author, and so I started to write a book. And I met some guy thirty years ago, as I was writing that book thirty-five years ago, who said, "Yeah, I wrote a book." when I was 29 and I'm 40 and I've regretted it for 11 years because I thought I knew stuff and I really didn't. So that put me off writing. So I actually didn't write making money until I was 56. And it was after I had uh, tried all these things uh, in one-to-ones with business advisors and with, with CEOs and leadership teams and in workshops and, uh, in all sorts of different situations, and, and they were all time-tested and proven tools and methodologies and principles. I knew they worked. The only question remaining was, could I write them in a way that they would work in a book? So it took me seven days to write seven chapters and another w- few weekends to write the other three chapters because I'd lived it out for 30 years. It actually took me 30 years to write write the book in my head and another couple weeks to write it down. And uh, uh, it it, it came from my experience uh, in the trenches and in proven methodologies. And I couldn't encourage people more who want to write books. The last thing you should want to do is write a book. Uh, Haven't Make an impact first and then just write it down. I, I don't see myself as an offer, author even though I'm on my third book. I see myself as a business guy who wrote down what worked. Solve a, solve a problem. Don't write a book. Solve a problem. Don't be a speaker. Solve a problem and then talk about what you've solved, and it's a very different uh, approach.
0: Chuck, I absolutely agree. Um, There's uh, there's a lot of um, uh, disinformation that's encouraging people. Oh, you know, write a book first because you'll be looked at as an expert, and uh, the Uh, last thing you'll do is just make a fool out of yourself because uh, 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 eventually uh, you're going to get found out, and uh, if a person doesn't have a certain background. Start somewhere. You know, you can start, you know, volunteering for an organization. Uh, you can start work working for a corporation that you like. Or um, there's there's lots of different. You could do an internship or apprenticeship. There's a lot of different paths that you can get in. You don't have to have uh, like 30 years of experience, probably like you have. You can have enough experience to be qualified uh, to be able to write on the subject. So I definitely agree. You know, definitely, you know, get in the trenches. You know, you know, pull pull your sleeves up and, you know, gain some experience, you know, learn as much as you possibly can. And then once you feel comfortable, once you feel like you know the subject, the trade inside and out, then that's when it'll probably be best to write a book. Um, so that's, so also let's kind of, let's kind of uh, shift gears, um, uh, so now, so so now you have. I guess you're working on your third book now, and uh, so it's your second book uh, was called "Why Employees Are Always a Bad Idea." <laughs> I think that's a very amusing title. And then, um, at, at what point did that lead uh, to you writing for Inc.? Because for me, I love Inc. Magazine. It's one of my favorite magazines that I follow when it comes to business and entrepreneurship.
1: Yeah, the first book, "Making Money Is Killing Your Business," was uh, rated the number one rated the number one business book of the year by national federation of independent business owners above books by seth godin and bo burlingham and a few other really notable authors so i was humbled by that and then this one was this was a top 10 book and uh, someone who uh who who knew an editor at inc apparently referred my books to that editor at inc and she either read the books or browsed them, or, or uh, she says she read them, so I'll believe her. And uh, she contacted me and said, would you like to write for ink? And so I think it's, again, it's part of being an expert. Uh, it's one of the things that, that you want to make sure that you, you work at. Instead of trying to be an expert and, and be an expert speaker or an expert book author, that kind of stuff, just fig- put your hand to something and become really good at it. And people will find you and say, hey, will you share that with other people? It's, it's a discipline and it's hard for people to, to want to do it that way. They so badly want to write for ink or do a TED Talk or, or these other things. And these are really byproducts of having figured stuff out. So most great entrepreneurs will tell you, don't go into business to make money. Don't become a speaker to be a speaker. Don't go into TED to, to be a TED. Solve a problem. What problem are you solving? Put your hand to that and solve it really well. And the better you solve it, the more people will come to you and say, hey, can you share that with other people? And I really think that's a, 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 a message of my life is I've, I've never sought out any of this stuff. I just plotted along and worked hard at helping CEOs and, and leadership teams and founders and startups. And as I did that, people gained confidence in me, and then they wanted me to talk about how I'd done that, then they wanted me to write about it, and then they wanted me to do a TED Talk on it. So solve a problem, do it really well, and uh, people, you'll be found.
0: Great. And uh, like I said, glad to see that you're a contributor there. I'll definitely be uh, following your column now. Uh, What else are you doing right now uh, besides uh, writing a third book?
1: Well, we're we're, uh, really building aggressively. Both of our main businesses. We have a third business in the Democratic Republic of the Congo, where we want to solve poverty through uh, building an economy and building for-profit businesses. It's a for-profit enterprise to solve a con- solve <clears throat> solve uh, poverty. But we're we're being very aggressive with our three to five clubs all around the world. We've got them on three continents now, and those are those are the clubs for business owners with one to twenty employees who uh, want to figure out how to get off the treadmill and get a life and just and build a business that makes money when they're not around. So we're building that very aggressively. We think that's a billion-dollar business in the making. And then on the other side is our crankset group advisory business where we work with larger businesses, much larger businesses, as uh, CEO advisors and coaches and uh, organizational development folks. To We work specifically on, uh, on culture, giving people their brains back, getting everybody involved in the organization and developing self-managed
0: people. Great, great, Chuck. And um, if people want to follow you, how would they be able to get in contact with you?
1: Well, they can get me at Chuck Blakeman on Twitter, just Chuck Blakeman or chuckblakeman.com. Uh, they can they can get me either place. Uh, that's where my blog and my speaking engagement stuff is. And uh, that'd probably be the best place to find me is ChuckBlakeman.com or ChuckBlakeman on sure. Twitter.
0: For sure, and uh, check out his book, uh, Make a Money, Is Killing Your Business. I think that'll be a great read for most aspiring uh, uh, entrepreneurs. But uh, Chuck, thank you for being our guest.
1: Thanks, Callen. It was great to be with you.
0: Thank you for listening. Just another great episode by Callan Diggs, bestselling author and career strategist at seen at fast Company and ink magazine if you're not on the email list you're missing out go to reachingthefinishline.com and subscribe to get all the exclusives